Hey friends, before we get started on the show, if you didn't know, I'm on tour this month and I want you to come see me in a city closer to you. I'm going to be in Portland on July 16th, in Seattle on July 23rd, Minneapolis July 30th, and then some dates in Nashville and Atlanta are coming up very soon. So go ahead and go to thekevingarcia.com slash tour and get your tickets for the wonder fully made tour. LA was such an incredible time. I cannot wait to show and share this with all of you out there. And if you can't join us live, you can always go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and watch it live with the rest of the Patreon gang. See you over there as well. Let's get into the show. Hey friends, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. My name is Kevin and welcome to episode 148. I cannot believe that I get to do this for what I do for work, among other things. It's truly an incredible thing and I have you to thank for that. So thanks for sticking around. Uh, It's been a little weird and irregular out here in these streets because last month we did a really amazing series with um, with Beloved Arise. And so please go back and listen to that if you didn't. And now we're getting back to some regu- regularly scheduled programming with uh, this kicking off this conversation with Tara Tang, who is somebody I met over the Instagram and we are just good internet Judies now. And we're going to be so close to each other. I, if, Tara, if you're listening to this, please come down to Seattle and hang out with us. I don't think the, the border's going to be open in time though. It's one of those things. Anyways, um, if you didn't listen to the advertisement at the front of the show, I am on tour right now. Please go to thekevingarcia.com slash tour and get your tickets now. Seating is limited and tickets for Nashville and Atlanta will be available soon. Other things, I, I think that's really it. I don't I don't want to bore you with, with more stuff than you need. Let me tell you about my friend Tara. Tara is an embodiment coach who works at the intersections of spirituality and sexuality. She helps people find their way back to their bodies, overcome shame, dismantle the purity culture in a way that is in alignment with their values and beliefs so they can build a healthy sexual ethic and thrive in freedom and wholeness. Aside from her Wonder One coaching, Tara hosts women's circles, workshops, online classes, and retreats through Vancouver, BC on topics of theology, justice, embodiment, sexuality, and relationships. And uh, as she'll get into this in the podcast, Tara comes to this work after witnessing her generation struggle with the oppressive confines of, pu- of the purity industry's movement of the 90s and 2000s, bringing with it all the broken relationships, sexual dysfunction, autoimmune disorders, and sexual violence that ensued as a result of the abstinence-only teaching that left us with unhealthy obsessions with virginity and lack of sexual ethics in our relationships. Um, she's been a TED Talk. She is the former Miss Canada, which I didn't know until like midway through the conversation. And uh, she's just in, and, you know, a regular old mom out here in these streets. Two young children, um, being a crazy, amazing human. And I'm really excited that we get to talk to her. So please uh, go ahead and grab yourself something to drink and enjoy this conversation with my internet good Judy, Miss Tara Tang. Thanks for taking time with me. I'm so so pleased to be with you. I'm so excited. This also, is fun. Turning my phone off. Wonderful. What? 
Um, I, I'm just so pleased to be like making your acquaintance and getting in touch mm-hmm. with you. Like, uh, your work is really cool. And apparently Thanks. there's congratulations in order for a book deal. Well, okay. So it's not officially a book deal. It's like signed with an agent now mm. sending to publishers. Work. So like we're working on it. Working with an yes. agent is still a huge yeah. step though. That's so exciting. Thank you. It feels really exciting and big and I don't know what, are we allowed to swear? You're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but it's going to be really exciting. I don't think anybody really, I mean, that's the whole secret is just like, we think like we quote unquote, we know what we're doing. Uh, but then like, I mean, if anything, like this past year has shown us all is you can know what you're doing and then not know what you're doing because the world is like lulls you thought and here we are anyways yes oh i feel like my life has just been full of those curveballs and in such a good way mm-hmm. well too that's a yeah. perfect segue into the question i ask every person which is okay. okay imagine imagine we're in you know kamala harris's vaccinated america you know hot girl summer is happening festival so like we're at a festival hanging out where you're like, we're sharing a beer and like somebody comes up and is like, oh my God, you look, who are you? What's your thing? How do you introduce yourself? And it's assumed they're cool and not an asshole in any way. They're super cool. Mm. How would you introduce yourself? Okay, so who I am is, okay, if I were to put who I am into one word, it's actually my Chinese name, which is Oikwan. Mm. It translates, as, it's Cantonese, it translates as loves groups of people, loves people groups, or loves community. Wow. I know, isn't that beautiful? And God damn. I received that, yeah. I received that name when I was two. Mm. Um, I grew up in this super small town. I'm actually in Canada, so like, you know, vaccinated America sounds great, but I live oh in Canada. Oh my God, and- so it literally, <laughs> uh, um, uh, so basically, are you single? Will you marry me for a Canadian green card so I can get out of here? <laughs> Justin right? Trudeau, if you're listening hey. to this, like, don't, uh, don't come for me. <laughs> right? Yeah. The amount of uh, marriage proposals I fielded in the last four years, I swear. Um, <laughs> Anyways, I'm so sorry. Keep but going. Yeah, so I, so I grew up in this super small town. There's this um, international choir festival that happens every two years. Qu- choirs from all around the world come and compete. And we were hosting um, the Taiwanese Girls Choir, and they watched the way, like, they knew that my family was biracial. My parents are mixed. Um, my dad immigrated from Singapore in the 70s. And so um, they knew that I had Chinese heritage and watched me interact with everybody at two years old and noticed just the way that I was. And they said, like, to my parents, does she have a Chinese name? What's her Chinese name? And I didn't have one at that point. And they said, you need to name her like Guan because she loves people. She loves community. She loves people groups. So at my core, that's who I am. Your community named you. My community literally named me. And then my parents legally got it put into my name. (gasps) That's fucking dope, dude. Right? Yeah, I love it. So that's who I am. The intersections that I exist in is I'm biracial, bisexual, demisexual, sapiosexual, mm. polyamorous, uh, mm. Christian, Ish. mystic, Same. Love it's like, Jesus, unsure of the church. <laughs> I'm, I mean, um, I'm at the place of like, I love Jesus and like the church could burn and I'd be fine. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm kind I'm I'm with there with you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I grew up as a Southern Baptist. Uh, my dad is a Southern Baptist pastor. So I'm a pastor's daughter, divorced, polyamorous, single mama. That's the former Miss Canada. Like those are all the weird interesting. Whoa, 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 whoa! Former Miss Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Bitch work you better go in girl we knew she was a queen oh you're too sweet listen yeah, that's... I, I represented canada in 2012 at Miss cool Hall. magical oh i i w- sort of want to get into that but i also like i want to talk about a it's bazillion so other... fun you should do it okay so like all right so first of all how the hell i will did... coach you i have been a pageant coach you should yes. do it it's so fun oh my god can you imagine <laughs> me oh my god getting into a drag pageant oh the thing about me is like i've only done drag one time um um it was like my only gig i ever had and i was planning like 2020 was like okay Anabaptist is coming out of the woodworks. Mm-hmm. I know, isn't that Love a fun? Love that. That's um, so good. So my friend uh, RV throws this really cool party in Detroit. Um, okay. Well, he threw it for two years called Thaw because in the middle of a Detroit winter, you got to like thaw it out because it's so cold. Fair. Yeah. Um, and he's um, he's Filipino and um, genderqueer, so it was like a super fun queer uh, Asian like fusion space of so many fun things and he said kevin do you want to come up Filipinos love their pageants mm. oh my god my friend he's like he's like pulling me into my heritage that's great I love um, it. uh but he said do you want to come up and do drag for the first time and i was mm. like okay i've practiced enough in the mirror in seminary when no one's around or watching i can do this and then i went and performed and had a great time and then the world shut down <laughs> and so so next, you know, 2021 in vaccinate world. So I'll, I'll come, right. uh, I'll get you my, I will say like, I don't, people are just like, can you do my makeup? I'm like, no, I can't do your makeup. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I know how to do my face. And, my, and also. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. And also I keep my beard and I just do like really, really sharp like contours, but like I'm contouring with like purples or blues or like a weird ass mm. color because I want to be more fun. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, why not? I mean, all of this is just exploring the fullness of your humanity. Mm. Like there are no bounds. There mm-hmm. is all like explore all of it. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing about it. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. And so you kind of like your gender sexuality expression is kind of yes. like that same kind of boundlessness of like, yeah. Um, I'm able to be in love with multiple persons at one time. Mm-hmm. I'm biracial. So just like, there's not a neat place for me to fit. Um, no, I being a bisexual person. Yeah, that bisexual. Like, so, like, you're really, you are queen of the liminal space. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And learning to, when I figured out, so I, I came out, there was no real coming out. I just started living mm-hmm. my bisexual self. But that transition happened during quarantine. So, Whoa, like, I didn't get to right. attend, I didn't get to attend Pride yet. Oh, damn. I look forward to that. I know. I know. I'm, I'm going to school right now and I'm currently studying in the Institute for Somatic Sex Education. And when they Fuck heard that, yes. I know it's so great. There's so much we can talk about there. Um, but when they heard that, they were so sweet. They're like, we're going to host Pride for you over Zoom. <laughs> it was the sweetest, most wholesome, most endearing thing. Um, and I totally forgot what I was talking about. But uh, we oh, were- yeah, figuring all this out. Like mm-hmm. when I figured this out, I was like, yeah, like 
I this this makes sense because I it just I exist in the in between. I exist in all of these intersections. There's no category that we uh, you can put me in. And thank God for that because mm-hmm. fuck the boxes and fuck Hello. the categories. Hello. You know, none of us actually true fit in any of the boxes so let's just explode those boxes and live in the fullness of our humanity in all of its diverse glory hello and not just the diverse glory but just like the ever expansive glory of the creative nature of god that's honestly like yes oh that's how i think about gender it's how i think about my relationships it's how i like both platonic Mm. and romantic like exploding Mm. the boundaries between like even like um, something I've been exploring a lot with my best friend, my friend John uh, is a straight uh, cis hat mm-hmm. white dude. Like as far as privilege yep. goes, he checks the boxes fine yep. as fuck. Like and also just like my best friend in the whole world. And mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we've just gotten to a place in our relationship where like we love spending time together. We check mm-hmm. in on each other. We like prioritize time with one another. I'm like and so like one day we were just like hanging out outside like smoking a joint. Um, And he was like. Um, I'm just like God. I need a boyfriend to go to this wedding. He's like, well, you kind of have one. I'm like, oh my God, is he, are you? Huh? What? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm kind of like your boyfriend, like 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 your straight yeah. boyfriend, because like yeah. the boy is straight as the day is long, yes. um, and also just like he does not make me feel like another. He's like he's like when I when I'm mm. looking for a man, I'm looking for somebody who treats me like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because and like I get that. that. And that, that to me, that relationship between me, a, you know, queer person who's pretty attracted to men type folks and yes. him who like, it's just, it, it's this beautiful, erotic, close connection mm-hmm. that's just non-sexual um, or at least non-sexual in the way. This, Come on. Like everybody needs this. I talk about this all day long because I have two wives. I have two platonic mm life partners they Mm -hmm. are my best friends it sounds exactly like what you are talking about both are straight Mm -hmm. as straight can be Mm. there's nothing romantic that happens between us there's nothing sexual that happens between us but they are my life partners in every Mm -hmm. sense of the word and i'm even to the point that i'm considering giving one of them power of attorney that if anything ever happens to me like i trust her completely with the decisions Mm -hmm. of like whatever is going to happen to my body if i cannot make those decisions for myself because that's how deeply our intimacy runs and how well she knows me Mm-hmm. Like you, and I think like this is one of the things that polyamory has given me. Right, is when I was, it, you know, we grew up in a mononormative culture. That is the norm in which mm-hmm, we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was monogamous previously, like when I was married previously, when I was monogamous in, in prior relationships, um, we prioritize this like this is my significant other. Mm-hmm. Right. And they get this pedestal above everybody else. And realizing that, especially because I'm solo polyamory, um, mm-hmm. so. I prioritize that relationship with myself and Hello. I nurture that first and foremost. Same. But everybody that I'm in a relationship with is my significant other. If you are in my life, you are significant. Yes. Come on. Yeah. And so it's completely different. And that intimacy that you can have, that depth of intimacy that I have with my platonic relationships is just as important to me as my romantic or sexual relationships. Mm -hmm. Like everybody is important to me and nourishing that. And so realizing then too, that like my partners that I'm with don't have to feel this expectation or this burden to fulfill all of me because Mm -hmm. I fulfill me. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's a whole ass sermon right there. And that's what it comes down to. I think it's like this, when we have that kind of love without, you know, love without bounds, if you will, not love without boundaries, because I think boundaries, 
Yes. But love without like chains or love without like uh, love without ownership. It really does. I think um, I think honestly, that's kind of like, you know, I always talk about the Holy Spirit is queer and like is trying to queer the spirit Mm. of queerness because queerness is like just it's like um, how I think about myself in my life is like I want to. I don't need to fight the parts of myself that I I don't like. I don't need to push away the things that I find hard. I need to expand my love out and include that part of myself. And I, and it's like when I become my own prime, you know, that people used to talk about primaries and secondaries and some people still do, Mm, but mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I am my own primary. That's something my friend in, uh, I think that's what my friend India once said was just like, I want to be my own primary. And I'm like, that's exactly yes. it. When you recognize yeah. that you are yeah. responsible for this experience and you prize yes. your peace and your pleasure above everything else, yes. it is amazing yes. how much more love you have to give to the world. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because then I am, I'm not pouring from an empty cup. Mm-mm. Right. And for me, I don't practice hierarchical polyamory. Um, so I use slightly shifted language. So if anything, like I don't have a primary partner, like I said, mm-hmm. but I, I use the word anchor partner. So I am my own mm. anchor partner. I like I don't that. have I don't have primary, secondary, and all the way down the line because I never want somebody to feel like they're secondary. They are not secondary to me. They're not secondary. It's, it, to yeah, me. it's just a different relationship. Yes. And I don't get on board with hierarchies in general. Like fuck the hierarchies. I hate I don't we don't need hierarchies. It's not listen, as Jesus, what did Jesus come to do? He said, Tear the temple down, bitch. And right? then when I And then I will rebuild it in three days. But what is he talking about? The body, an organic Mm. thing, mama. The body. Yes, yes. And so, you know, I do the work. Like, I'm an embodiment coach. And that's what the book is going to be about as well. Is like embodiment, justice, reclamation, all of these things. Because they matter. Mm -hmm. The body matters. I was speaking with a client just this morning. And we're leaning into the truth that the body matters to God. Mm -hmm. Yes. God could have entered the world in any capacity and we can argue to all day that like i see god in god in the ocean i see god in the flowers i see god mm. in the air i see god in the sunset like god is in every in mm. every bit but god also chose to come to the earth through the human body like the human body mm-hmm. matters god is something doing mm. something through that human body and we've neglected it for so long and we've treated it as like oh it's desperately wicked and it's just carnal mm-hmm. and fleshy desires it's going to lead you away from god but I really think that the body is the place where we meet God. It is the map back it's to God. Everything. It it's the, everything. the 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 path inward towards loving the body is the narrow path that Jesus talked about, mm. I think. It's just like and you know and because especially in a world that demands of your body labor, you know, mm-hmm. capitalism capitalism has demanded, you know, it's it's tricked us out of like our original design, which was in tribe and community yes. and in in uh, in people groups and yes. in, in community with the land. Yes. Um, let me say communion with the land. Um, yeah, kinship. Yeah. And that yeah. I think is like something that I think that like a lot of us are kind of waking up to is like, oh, my God, evangelical Christianity. What is I think it was like Joe. I think I lost you for a second. check one two there we go yeah, now we're back you're back your screen sh- is frozen though um no then we'll um yeah we'll pause the video and bring it back 
and we're good. There you are. Perfect. Wonderful. Okay. Um, I think Joe Lumen said evangelical uh, Christianity. Yeah, I think something Joe Lumen said was, "What is evangelical Christianity if not colonialism?" Uh, in, yes. It, what was it? What no, was that it, like no, Marvel it quote? Isn't. Um, preserving. Yeah, that's the word. Like, because like you know, it's like that like little joke There's, that it's like, yes. "What is grief except for love preserving?" From Miss Wandavision, and then she said, "What is evangelicalism if not colonialism preserving?" It is. It's colonized Christianity. There's nothing else to it. It is. It is. It as we know it here in a North American context in 2021, it is colonized Christianity. In and, I want to say like you know, all the way up to like the even the church, well, I mean, with the uh, probably the exception of Black and African churches, but even right. still, depending on what Black effort or Black Christian tradition you come from. The misogyny mm. that's present, the yeah. sexism that's mm-hmm. present, the queer and transphobia yeah. that's present. Yes, that is yeah. a Internalized that is a, racism. That is a blackness. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a relic of colonialism. It is absolutely. Sorry, and continue so what you're saying. No, I just it's so good. One of the other uh, intersections that I exist in too is, you know, I so my dad, like I had mentioned, immigrated to Canada from Singapore in the seventies. My mother's family, like they're straight up colonizers. Like they've been celebrating like hundreds of years on the homestead. Like they were early settlers to Canada, Mm -hmm. straight up colonizers. But my children, because their dad has indigenous heritage, my children are part indigenous. And so there's this Mm -hmm. cultural reclamation that we're trying to like bring back to them. And for me, it's interesting because I am trying to help them reclaim their culture. And it's a culture that is not my own. Because I'm not an Indigenous mother, but I'm a, a mother to Indigenous children. Damn. And so it's this interesting intersection to be in. And then even, you know, we talked about Miss Canada, even being the representative from for Canada on an international stage, like what is that representing? It is a, we are a colonized nation. Mm. Canada is, is this is going to be bad. Canada is illegitimate in a lot of ways. I'll say the same, same thing. The United States is. The United too. States, uh, you know, the any sort of like Mexican or like Spanish influence yes. in, in Central and South America. Yes. It's, there was somebody who I saw a tweet. It's like, what would happen if churches just ceded all of their land back to the nation? Ooh, right? What, just like, you know, and just like transfer like real estate. Actual, yes. like, you know, yeah. from, like, the colonized legal system. Yeah. What would happen? Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was in university, uh, I went to a Christian liberal arts university. Hallelujah. Like, how entrenched can you get? Um, but I remember we, a uh, poli-sci class that I was in, we were all sitting around doing this, like, round table, and everybody was a different province or territory at the table. They, we all represented somebody else, and I was supposed to re- represent the Assembly of First Nations. And I remember mm. sitting there, and they were like we're trying to negotiate something. And I just remember sitting there and being like, there is, I'm supposed to represent indigenous voices at this table. There is no representation unless you actually honor the fact that all of this is unseated terror. Like this is unseated, stolen land. We can't move forward until you acknowledge that. And if you acknowledge it, it is disbanding Canada as we know it. So I don't see a way forward. And it just hung there in the air. Hmm. And everyone was just like, Because that's that's really it. Is that like that's if really we it. if we want to go back and like just it's not even really going back far. It's just it's not just like I look at America. It's like I I look at my you know my my white family in America, and it's yeah. like 
and just I think evangelical Christians and people whom I've been thinking a lot about people from my past recently. And so like mm. I think about the people who I had to leave behind in those churches mm. who people who couldn't go with me on my journey. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's like, you guys have no idea how rich our tradition actually is. Yeah. You have no yeah. idea how yeah. deep, you know, the ideas of Christ really yeah. go. Yeah. And if you did, you would be with me. Yeah. Like if it's, and it kind of like whenever I'm, they don't understand, it's, it's, it really comes down to this thing of like, when someone doesn't understand this and like, it's mm. one of those things where like, it's a whole, it is truly a worldview shift. Yeah. Moving from just like looking at just the history books of like America, ha like we built this on slaves on yes. the backs of black people that were stolen, stolen land by stolen people, stolen people on stolen land. Yeah. And it's like, and I tell people this, I'm just like, while the burden of what racism has done to us is not, quote unquote, your fault. Mm. It is if you know, when you know, it is now your responsibility. Yes. And responsibility is not a burden. Responsibility yeah. can be a joy. Yeah. And I think that's what I, if I could instill anything in, with anyone, I'm just like, responsibility, like, to be charged with taking care of your kin, people yeah. whom God loves yeah like that doesn't seem like a chore to me like yeah so no. so you have to give up money fuck yeah. it so you have to give up your land yeah but guess what again people have said it over and over and over we should be grateful that people that we have conquered do not want revenge yeah it's true mm -hmm. my god right i was thinking about that even uh <laughs> Even because it was International Women's Day mm. yesterday from, I don't know when you're putting this out, but the day that we recorded. And so, um, you know, I, I've seen that also floated around too. Like, thank God we only want equality and not revenge. Oh my God. If women rebelled, like really rebelled. Like actually, oh fuck, you're, they're not ready. The world's not ready. Not no. ready. Not ready. Oh, Jesus, break us free from patriarchy so we can see right? it. And so that's, for me, that's been so much of the work that I've been doing, right? Because I still love Jesus. Mm. Like you, I got, you know, a pastor's kid. I got mad issues with the church. Um, mm -hmm. I, I spent so much time, like when I was Miss Canada, I was like the shiny thing, right? So I was, I did the speaker tour. I did all of the, the circuit, all of the, and I hit this glass ceiling. Mm. I went as far as you could go as a woman in an mm. evangelical and a biracial woman. Fuck, can you imagine if they knew I was bisexual too? Um, I went as far as I could go until I hit this glass ceiling. And then that was what started my second deconstruction period that I've been mm. going through in my life because I went through one in my teenage years. Uh, um, but the place that I'm at now is like, I, I still find so much value in who Jesus is and the mm -hmm. teachings of Jesus. And yet Jesus has been so weaponized mm -hmm. by these political forces that have been co-opted by the church. And so how can we strip those things away, unlearn those things and get to this reclamation of what is true and what is mm -hmm. good and what is holy? Because I don't think we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but there's a lot that we do have to dismantle and burn down. Mm -hmm. And and to that point, like, yes, like, like Joe says, absolutely. It's colonized Christianity and it was weaponized against people. Mm. And the part that makes it the worst is that Jesus was an indigenous man. Hmm. 
He was. Jesus was a brown skin indigenous man. And we have in a colonized land. In a colonized, oppressed land. Occupied territory. Military occupation. Yes. Exactly. That is the irony of it all. And we oh turned God. him into this white Jesus to oppress others. Did I you know what I just realized is that technically, not even technically, but truly, like America, mm-hmm. like all the colonized nations, I'm like it's just extended military occupation for yes. hundreds of years. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I live on occupied land. Mm-hmm. 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 My goodness. We didn't know we were gonna go here today. Right. But (sighs) and so so this is the work that we do. Mm -hmm. Right. As and this is that reclamation of what does it mean to be fully human when we strip away all of these structures and these machines that we were plugged into for Mm -hmm. the profit or the power or the political gain. Because when you really start to step back and you look at all these pieces like that's what this is. Mm hmm. How do we reclaim what it means to be fully human? How do we come back into right relationship with God, into right relationship with each other? That's mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. The point of all of, that's it. That's all. That's the point of it. All of it. There is um the very last paragraph in the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, mm. or like the last section. She's just finished telling everybody like the things that Christ revealed to her. So basically, how do you get free in your body in this lifetime? Mm. It's a very beautiful story. And then at the end of it, um. Peter gets up and says, do y'all believe any of this? Like, did the, do you really believe the Christ said, like our Lord said this to her? Because I don't. And then Andrew gets up and says, you know, you have always railed against this woman, but if, Mm. if Jesus made her worthy, who are we? No, no, who are you to say so? Otherwise we should make no other law except that which the Lord hath made. Come on. And then it says, it says, and then they went out and began to preach the gospel. Right. Only when someone in a position of power spoke up for the person, the woman, the excluded yeah. group, sp- only when that happened, when he ceded his position to yes. say, no, 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 no. Yeah. That, that to me, I'm just like, okay. So yeah. like, that's where also that means the church belongs and should be led by women. Yeah, but no, women are not allowed to preach. Nuh-uh. Women are yeah. not allowed to preach and hold positions of authority and power at all. Yeah. We need to sit down and be silent and submit to our husbands, uh, yeah. raise the babies and make the coffee. But mm-hmm. like that that's what I don't get how so many people miss. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I was reading into the other day um, about the Samaritan woman at the well mm-hmm. and realizing that like when God is like or Jesus is like, Oh, you have five husbands. He doesn't actually ever condemn her. We add that into our reading. He's just yeah. stating a fact of her life. I'm like, oh, is she polyamorous? I don't know. We don't know, but she's the first evangelist. Oh my God. What because like he never it never really said that she mm-hmm. was that those husbands were dead. Just mm-hmm. that she had five. What is you know what, bitch? You better. Right? I'm just like, she's she's like, I'm just out here. She's like, I don't come down to the morning because all these other bitches are hating on me. But guess what? Right. Mama's getting a girl. Because also, like, I think about it this way. Maybe she was a woman who couldn't bear a child. Who knows? And so maybe for her. We don't know. The text doesn't tell us. We just fill in the blanks. The text doesn't actually tell us. Oh, and, and isn't it? It's, it's so wild. Like, uh, when I was in school, it's just like especially people who had never like thought critically like i'm mm. sitting there like pulling things here and like querying the text or like mm. reading it through those lens it's really funny how like 
things that you and I like find to be interesting or like, oh yeah, of course that's there. Some people are just like, they've never seen the Bible or scripture used in a way that's liberative. Yeah. And what is the point if it's not liberating? Mm. What are we doing? What are we doing here? What are we doing if it's not liberation? Mm -hmm. I thought Christ came to set us free. What are we doing Mm -hmm. if it's not liberating? And and that's the thing I, people, uh, I think it's like the, the, what was it? The gospel coalition has been like Mm. doing the whole, like, (laughs) yeah, you know, (laughs) if you deconstruct, you have to do it a certain way. And, Mm -mm. and it's really, it comes down to this, a trust issue. It's like something I saw Alicia Crosby say on uh, Twitter was like, um, you know, there's a verse that says perfect love casts out all fear. Right. And she said, we need to recognize that some people, for some people, that was never a reality. They've never yeah. known faith without fear. Yeah, they've never, true. they've never known, or they've never known perfect love. Yeah, um, and also by per- true. And so it's like, okay, so how do we embody that mm. perfect love that is all encompassing and holds us and also like pulls us together back to community, back mm. to self? Um, it's, um, it's real interesting. So let me yeah. ask you ask you this. In your work as an embodiment coach, you're helping folks um, reclaim this aspect of mm. themselves that for so long mm. has been neglected. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what is embodiment coaching for you? What does that mean? What do you do? So I always tell people, I'm not your teacher. Work. I'm not your teacher. If you're coming here, I'm, I'm not going to give you the answers. I'm not your teacher. Your body is your teacher. Mm-hmm. Your body has everything within yourself. I'm just there to help you learn how to listen, learn Mm. how to find your way back to that. And I remind them the truth. I'm a mama, right? I've got a six-year-old. I got a four-year-old. I watch them fully inhabit their bodies. Mm -hmm. They don't question. They know. My daughter has even gone to this point where she'll tell me, my body is feeling. Mm -hmm. My body is telling me this. Mm-hmm. And I watch them, you know, if it's, they know this is a yes, this is a no, that mm-hmm. they will tell you, they will sit there and they will, this, there's no emotion that is too big for them. Right. They do not fear their emotions yet. Mm-mm. If they're feeling something in the middle of Superstore, they're feeling it. And we're taking a minute because there's nothing else you can do, mm-hmm. but let them feel their feelings in that moment. Right. right. And not try to shut it down. And so you, we were all embodied once, mm-hmm. all of us. And yet, because it's undeniable, we live in this, these structures of patriarchy, of colonization, of white supremacy. We live in all and everything that that comes down to, you know, every injustice that exists in the world starts in the body. Mm. Racism, sexism, homophobia, fat phobia, transphobia, able every go down the line. All of it starts in the body. Say it. Right. And it through these structures who have decided this is what is normal. Normal is a social construct. Mm-hmm. It's a myth. This is what we've just, it's a myth. This is what we have decided is good and normal and acceptable. And everybody, we all got to squeeze ourselves into this, but we exist outside of that. Some people exist in that. Great. Awesome. But it's not expansive for humanity. Mm-mm. It's just one expression of it. 
And so how do we unlearn so much of the work that we do in this embodiment coaching is unlearning and stripping back those things so that we get to the point of like, who are you really in the fullness of your humanity? And how can you live in that without mm-hmm. all of the limiting beliefs that everyone has piled up on top of you? Mm-hmm. Mm. How can you, and I think there's, um, I'm a big, as a good Christian woman, the word <laughs> I would use is like, how do we repent how do we change yeah. our mind yeah. of those? Like, how do I, re- I think of like, how do I repent of my own internalized transphobia? Right. Especially right. like as someone right. who's like, you know, a non-binary queer person, like, and yeah. like, I still have moments where like, I'm afraid to wear something that I want mm-hmm. to wear because mm-hmm. I'm thinking mm-hmm. some guy, you know, mm-hmm. boy, don't, I, I have remarked this to myself that uh, guys that I like don't like girls like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not true. It's not true. I'm just like there is some there is some dude out there or some human out there. Yeah. Who loves a girl yeah. like me who has a beard and yeah. lipstick and yeah. floral patterns and Yeah. And it really is like it comes down to like what am I willing to I think like for myself I've like what am I willing to settle for in myself? Mm. Like am I willing to settle for that shitty talk, you know? Mm-hmm. But when we do, we get to this point of, okay, so, and I was working with this through a client with a client as well. We, Mm. we don't want to make other people uncomfortable because Mm. we've taught that that matters and it comes from a good place. Quote unquote. Yeah. Quote. But am I betraying their comfort or am I self betraying? Mm. Because I have sacrificed myself at the expense of someone else's comfort. Right. Because we think that love requires sacrifice. Right. Yeah. And if we just learned to, like, and this is one of the things that I personally love about polyamory is it's taught me people don't belong to you. Hello. People don't belong to you. Mm -mm. There's no my man, my woman, my whatever. You just learn to accept and value and cherish appreciate that person for who they are mm-hmm. and the time that you get with them because oh, yeah. no one's time you're not entitled to anyone's time mm-hmm. some one of my kind of mantras for i mean i try to keep it when i'm in relationship and i guess mm-hmm. like for anyone i just like i want to love you as best i can for as long as i have you yes right and that for that for me feels good just like and it changes everything it changes the entire conversation that we're having, the entire framework that re- the relationship exists in then, right? Because mm-hmm. we feel like we have to accommodate one another. Or we have to fit into a certain box. Or we have to, again, these dang boxes and we have to, f- to be a certain thing. And then, so we self-sabotage and we self-betray mm-hmm. and we self-sacrifice. And then that resentment grows because within our bodies are telling us within, like mm-hmm. there is something wrong here. I am slowly suffocating and decaying right. on the inside to make this work. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we step outside of that, it's so much more expansive. It's so much more life-giving. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it means then we have to have those hard conversations and we have to negotiate and find our way forward and work our way within a new framework. Sometimes, unfortunately, it means that those are people who are limiting, that are not in alignment. We have to leave them behind and bless mm. them on their journey and send them on their way. And that's the really hard thing. But, yeah. you know, are you going to continue to self-betray? Are you going to continue to dis 
embody yourself because mm-hmm. we're cutting off parts of ourselves and we're rejecting it. We're putting it in a box and we're just, yeah. I'm not going to look at that box in that closet. I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah. Or are we going to invite those pieces back into ourselves? Yeah. And, and it really comes and embody wholeness. It content like I ask people, I'm just like, well, I like I asked somebody like, well, I'm doing it this way. And I kind of was like, well, how's that working for you? Right. Because and that's what is so uh, kind of frustrating in some ways. And I have to like get on myself about this is that mm-hmm. like in there is a part of us in some ways like where like. Uh, what is it? I don't want to hate myself ever mm-hmm. for any mm-hmm. reason. Mm-mm. And if there is guilt uh, that comes up for me, that's something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I think the thing you said about like that nobody belongs to you. Yeah. I think that really, like, I think that really shifts everything for me. Yeah. Just like in like in every single relationship, platonic or otherwise. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think it allows us to be more rich in yes. in those things because we're not threatened because we don't we know we're not going to lose love. Yes. And yeah. I think that's when that uh, we can, when one can hold that truth and actually mm. believe it, mm. um, it begins like a healing process that I mm. think that we didn't know we needed. Yeah. Um, when you are thinking like, because I'm sure you get this question a lot, like, mm. um, what are your resources on like how to find like, uh, what book, what are your poly books that you, that you send people to? Oh, poly books. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, there's, there's great ones that actually that are out there. Um, the Ethical Slut. Classic. I don't, I don't love the title because uh, I'm doing my own internal working on the word slut. Um, but yeah, I like, I, know, I, I, I get it when people call them. Even slut is a social construct as well. Yeah. And like that for me, it's just like, uh, uh, for me, I'm just like, I don't think I'm having enough sex right now to call myself a slut. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and but also it's a just, great book. The content yeah. is fantastic. Great book. Um, Polysecure is another one mm-hmm. that I just started reading. Me too. That's fantastic. Cause it talks about your attachment styles, right? Yes. So that one's great. More Than Two is a very practical, it's kind of dry, but it's a very practical guidebook. Now, granted, I fucking, I listened to more than two. And so like hearing, hearing the stories to me, yes. like, like really getting those like real world out. Cause like more than two is basically all anecdotal. Like these are how we yeah. made our way mm-hmm. through it. And I think mm-hmm. that's good teaching in my opinion. Tell yeah. me how this actually works, yes. Brenda. Yes. It's very practical, mm. super practical. Um, and then just like getting into the community has mm-hmm. been the big thing for me. There's great pockets on like, there's some great like, um, polyamory awareness manu has a great uh account on instagram there's a fantastic discord server that is connected to that um Mm. there's a poly group in my community uh so i'm part of that on facebook like there's there's great resources that are out there and you might even be surprised of how many people in your world are already polyamorous or ethically non-monogamous and there is a distinction but there's a lot there's a lot of us a lot more than like i'm openly polyamorous and so i talk about it Mm-hmm. openly to anybody who wants to to hear it um but there's a lot of people who are not open about it that are open this is something that i was just talking about with somebody else um mm-hmm. i have a friend of mine who is a clergy person who's like yeah well me and my partner we opened up yeah and i was like that's dope because like yeah. you're, you're again you're getting your needs met uh etc yes. etc et and the more like it's like there's so many First of all, so many clergy folk mm. 
um, across the board, queer or straight or straight, cis, trans, whoever. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of non-monogamous and poly mm. clergy folk out there. Well, and there's a lot of non-monogamy in the Bible, too. Hello. Listen, you want to talk about a biblical marriage? I, I can give you eight ways. I can give you eight ways to have a biblical yeah. marriage. And biblical marriage, as they claim it to be today, does not exist in the Bible. No, no, no. Not a bit. Neither no. does Christianity as it exists today. Who? Does not exist in the Bible. Mm. Right? 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 Uh, this And this is why I'm glad that I'm capturing video now so that people will be able to see... <laughs> that reaction like that's another thing like jesus was not even a christian he wasn't a christian and you know it's a it's so why it's like it's really interesting to be alive Mm. at this point in uh i think like what's happening in the history of christendom and faith Mm -hmm. communities in general because like i think like i mean can i ask how old you are 32 i'm 30 i'm 31 wow we're just like oh yay So it's like we were we grew up in that time frame. We're just like, I don't know if like when you were younger, I could have never imagined same sex marriage being legalized. I could have never imagined me being okay with like just being out and queer. Right. You know, let alone like gender expansive, let alone a stoner, let alone a witchy. I mean, a lot of these things happen in Canada before they happen in the United States. Mm. I could imagine it sooner. But because of the community that I lived in, like for me being bisexual, that's why I figured it out when I was 31, Mm. because it was not on the table before that. I came to affirming theology first. And then I was like, oh, Mm. right. Because Mm. and I never questioned it because I was like, I like straight men. Cool. You're you're a woman and you're a woman and you have this. I've talked to so many humans out there who have been socialized to be, you know, when you are a woman or socialized to be a woman in the world. One way. Mm -hmm. And it's really the thing is like, I didn't recognize that I was queer in some ways until like my, my good friend, Rachel Kurtz. uh, I think she's 42, 42, 43. Mm. Uh, But she just realized that she was a queer person. She got three kids, was married for a long time and now is dating a trans non-binary person. Brilliant, beautiful, love it. And it's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. And that for me, I'm just like, uh, can't everyone just be a little bisexual sometimes? You I know? think most people are. I think they are too. If we're being honest, but we never give ourselves the chance to explore these things or even like think about these things. And that's why I love these conversations. And I had a conversation with somebody just the other day who was questioning like, mm, polyamory, maybe that's for me. I don't know. And I'm like, even the fact that you are having this conversation with yourself is worthwhile because mm-hmm. a lot of people go to straightness as the default. We go to monogamy as the default mm-hmm. and we don't question these things. And we don't even talk about like within a monogamous context, when we enter into a monogamous relationship, relationship a lot of the time we don't even really discuss what that means we don't discuss what are the boundaries of this relationship hello you consider flirting cheating i don't maybe you do like right Mm -hmm. and so like everybody has their different expectations but we never vocalize them or we never even think about them yes and those sorry i was just gonna uh the desires that we have and all the things that we want it's been demonized to say hey your desire is bad so like you can't want anything anyways and then because we're humans and we have desires Yes. What then ends up happening is there's an entire, you know, we we have like the uh, Carl Lenses of the world right. happening where it's like mm-hmm. super powerful Christian yes. men or than any. And also like, you know, any given Sunday, 
you know, every single time you sneeze, I think a church has a, a scandal uh, where the, the pastor was having an affair. Yes. So. Yes. Because we've made this one way as normal. Yes. And it's just like, I have no, like, what two people do in a bedroom is none of my business. Again, but like, again, there is a difference between somebody who's non-monogamous and someone who's polyamorous and also mm-hmm. someone who's fucking cheating. Yes. Because, and also as some. Ethical non-monogamy. Yeah. And I say this as somebody who has been the cheater because I mm-hmm. thought that I had to be pinned into monogamy. Right. Um, I had a whole bunch of desires and things that are different kinds of sex I wanted to try. Right. Uh, but I didn't know how to talk about it because I hadn't been right. equipped. I was just, I still in my own head, even as like an openly queer person, had purity cultural rules for sex. Ooh, yes. And didn't know how to communicate to my partner, hey, um, I don't want to do that. Or I don't yeah. feel comfortable with this. Or just like, I don't want to have sex right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much... Uh, that you don't learn. And so I had to, you know, I had to learn how to communicate the hard way through my mistakes of thinking. Cause I always, it was always the threat of love leaving. It was always the threat of being alone. But then when I finally, it's like when I was able to finally be real with myself and finally just Mm -hmm. say, this is what I need. This is what I want. Uh, Clarity. Like tell like one of my thing I think the thing that more than or that the ethical slut taught me was just like what would happen if you actually asked for what you wanted? Mm. What would happen if you told people right? that you needed something? What would happen? Like right. If and they- from an embodiment perspective, because a lot of people don't even know how to find that. Mm-hmm. I'll say, what does your body need right now? Right. What does your body need to feel safe right now? What does your body want right now? Mm-hmm. And helping people take up the space to say, yes, this is a full body orgasmic yes for me. Mm -hmm. I want this and own that want. And sometimes that's in a sexual context and sometimes that's not in a sexual context, but own that. Mm. Oh my God. Okay, I'm I'm just looking at the time and I don't want to like jump into too many streams. (laughs) I feel like that's a good punctuation point. Mm. Yes. Um, I like you, Tara. I think you're Aww. really, really cool. Thanks. I like you too. You want to be friends? Let's be friends. Hell yeah. Forever. You're my friend now. Hi. I can't. Also, when the world opens back up, um, I think that I'm, I'm going to go on tour. Like, I'm going to get in my little. I, my vision is I'm going to get um, an RV, like a little camper van situation, <gasps> and take it on the road and yeah. just like. I did that across Canada in 2011. So many fun memories. Oh, I want to do it. I want to go to like all the cities where my friends live yep. and uh, do like do little things, yeah. like little shows yeah. and little I talks. Did that. And- I did that in 2011. I brought a band with me. We went to, I can't even, it, we did like 21 events in 20 days or something like that. It was absolutely wild. Oh my, I'm exhausted. Wild. But also it sounds so much fun. It's so, it was great. It was so fun. Oh man. Let's let's do it when the world opens back up again. You add some Canadian city dates. Absolutely fucking Lily. Listen, we'll And I live Canada- fifteen minutes from the border, so like you just let me know and I can hop across when that opens up again. Uh listen. You know what? Yeah, I I'll still be your friend if you don't marry me for a green card. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hit this stop. That was my conversation with the fabulous, incredible Tara Tang. And if you want to follow her across the internet, 
Uh, you can check out her stuff at Miss Tara Tang across social media. Um, her website is taratang.com. That's T-A-R-A-T-E-N-G.com. And since we've actually recorded this, I believe that Tara does have a book deal now and I am on tour. So I'm not saying that we're just speaking our life into fruition, but girl, it starts with a dream. Well, you know what I'm seeing? Anyways, uh, if you want to follow me, please go to at the Kevin Garcia across social media. And if this was good for you, please, 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 please go to Apple podcast and leave us a five-star review. It is super helpful. And if you love content like this, you want to support the show and make more stuff like it available and get yourself involved with some really cool community, please go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and join. We've got workshops coming up. You get free access, like you get a digital ticket to come to Wonderfully Made in all of the cities across the United States and get the playback for the shows in the past. So really, it's a pretty good deal. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and... I don't really have much to say. If you want some sweet merch, if you want to say hello, please just shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from you. And um, that's all. So till next time, please take your meds, call your person, shake your ass a little bit, uh, eat something delicious, look yourself in the eyes and tell yourself that you love yourself. Okay. I'll see you next week. Bye.